0: Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Woohoo. Good morning, good people. Have we suitably warmed up? We are in for a cold snap. Do you know that? 16 degrees tomorrow. I have it on good authority from my mother-in-law. Is that right, mum? Yes from the weather app. It's not like some prophetic thing she's got going on. Well, I mean, who knows? She may. (laughs) All this time I've thought it's the weather app, but maybe it's just you, just it's the Lord. Well, the Lord does tend to know what's going on with the weather, doesn't he? (laughs) Well, good morning. Here we are at the uh, start of August. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us are still upright. Yes, maybe. Maybe a little battle weary, perhaps a little lacklustre, or maybe you are in that beautiful minority and you're feeling strangely invigorated. But here we all are nonetheless. And in these past five weeks, we've been in this series of Pathways to Life, and what this has been is it's been a reminder, uh, a bolster, a return to basics in many ways about ...being on the pathways of life, the pathways to life... ...that lead us to and embrace us in Jesus. And you see, the human in us... ...we often want to be intellectually stimulated. We want to have these exotic kind of bones to chew on. We give us deep theology, give us this kind of meaty stuff. But it's these basic principles of discipleship that we must keep returning to because I don't know about you, friends, but I haven't got them nailed yet the basics, the basics of Christianity, the basics of discipleship as ordinary and beige and perhaps non-exotic as they seem, about deep diving continually in the Word of God, about having a thriving intimate prayer life and about recognising the importance of community, prayer, bible community these basics we need to keep fostering we need to keep embracing we need to keep developing so how have you gone how has this last five weeks looked for you how has your word prayer and community pathway come alive in new ways how's it being bolstered or invigorated for you. And so today I want to come in with a complimentary thought and adjoining metaphor. I'm gonna piggyback on the piggyback. And that's a hilarious picture image if you think of me being on Ben's back on Jace's back. <laughs> <laughs> Jace wouldn't struggle. No he wouldn't. No, of course you wouldn't, darling. <laughs> And I want to piggyback into this pathways to life, which has been, you know, quite a poignant, timely image. And those images are so important often in us kind of understanding a simple or a basic image in fresh ways. And so I'm going to piggyback on that with an adjoining metaphor today around the symbol of wells. Well within my soul well within our soul thank you pastor Kaz I did think that was quite nice when I came up with that so I want to deep dive into the word of God so that this is all about Jesus and not about words and so let's pick up in Genesis 26 and I'm going to read a good portion of scripture here and so a little bit of pre-reading context and so this passage of scripture we find ourselves following Isaac Isaac who is Abraham's beloved son And just like Abraham, Isaac obeys, the Lord obeys God. And that obedience leads Isaac to staying in some places and moving from some places. But that obedience also leads Isaac to relish in, to enjoy the blessing from God. Just as it was promised to his father Abraham, he, the offspring of Abraham, gets the fruits of those blessings. And let's look now in Genesis 26, verse starting at verse 1. Now there was a famine in the land, besides the previous famine in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerah. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while. And I will be with you and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him, keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. So Isaac stayed in Girah. But you see, then Abimelech is threatened. He's threatened by Isaac because as a result of him being obedient and as a result of him staying, Isaac gets to enjoy great blessing. He gets to enjoy great wealth. And so Abimelech is threatened by that and asks him to leave. So let's pick up now in verse 17. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerah where he settled Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham had died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarreled with those of Isaac and said, This water is ours. So he named the well Essek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarrelled over that one also, so he named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well and no one quarrelled over it. He named it Rehoboth, saying, now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. From there he went up to Bathsheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac, verse 25, built an altar there, called on the name of the Lord. There he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. And it's this verse 25, and there is, goodness me, much symbolism that we can unpack here about legacy and history and redigging wells and all sorts of things. But I want to just hone in here on this verse 25 and catch the symbolism and I believe the revelation here that is timely for us. So let's just imagine for ourselves for a moment, friends, that we are here. We are here today. On this winter's day in August, we are here both literally and symbolically because God wants us here. Now, I'm not going to get stuck in some kind of conspiracy theory that are doing the rounds on the internet and all sorts of things. But I do want us to maybe reconcile that this year 2020 and all its COVID complexities may just be a God-given opportunity for each and every one of us. Maybe, just maybe, like Isaac, we are called to stay in this land for a while, that we have been directed or permitted to be here. And if, like Isaac, we find ourselves in a new land, in an uncharted, in a unprecedented land in a foreign land there are lessons that we can pull here from what Isaac does so that what we too can also do there are steps let's circle back to that bite-sized morsel of goodness in verse 25 there are steps after Isaac knows that God is with him and I believe that God is with us Isaac does the following. He calls on God. He pitches a tent, that is he gets comfortable, he wrestles it out and he then builds a well. What's the deal with wells? Well, (laughs) see what I did there? (laughs) Some of you are like, oh oh, yeah, got it now. (laughs) Obviously in ancient biblical times... Wells were essential. They were essential not only to the individual surviving, but the family and then the tribe were surviving because obviously the wells were connected to the life-giving water source that was found beneath the surface. Now, thankfully we have the benefits of modern water systems so we don't need literal wells in this day and age, but of course we still need actual water to survive. But what I want to focus in on What I want to draw on here is the metaphor and that is that we don't just need literal water sources, we need spiritual ones. We need spiritual wells within us, wells that will sustain and renew us in metaphoric places we find ourselves to. That when God calls us to settle in a place, one of our responsibilities, one of our disciplines, one of the steps into the pathways of life that we are on is that we are to dig a well there. And what are we doing when we're digging a well, friends? Well obviously this isn't connecting here to literal water, this is connecting to the water. (laughs) That spiritual wells become housing units, become reservoirs, become containers to house the water. That is the life-giving, abundant, never-run-drying, constantly accessible water of Jesus. Because Jesus describes himself as water. There's a number of examples of this through both New and Old Testament. One of obviously the most common and well-known is in John 4.13. Jesus is here at the well with the woman. He answers, "...everyone who drinks this water," pointing to the water in the well, "...will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them." will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. We see this same imagery used in the Old Testament a number of times, but let's look at this one in Jeremiah 17, 13. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Well with my soul. So wells are a pretty great word picture. And so this is where I'm going. If we find ourselves in a new place and we believe in this new place that God is urging us to stay here a while, to get settled, that we're not merely passing through this place, but we are to get established here, that new places require new wells. So what is a well? Well, let's look at what they would have looked like in biblical times, these ancient biblical wells that people would, would have dug. Those that were dug by hand, if they were smaller wells, were often a laborious and sometimes even dangerous task because as they got inside the well, it was often a possibility that the the sand or the dirt would start to cave in on them and they could actually get suffocated. Little wells were like that, but larger wells... Wells, what we perhaps see here like what Isaac needed to dig, could take up to 15 men, 15 servants, up to 90 days, three months to dig a well that was required of this size and could often have up to 1,360 cubic metres of dirt excavated. They often required pulleys and wooden barrels and sometimes even mules to get the dirt out and this is why isaac requires the manpower of his servants another thing about wells in biblical times is that they represented a sense of prosperity and a sense of establishment that we're staying here and in isaac's case you see this was a statement to god of trust you called me to this place i'm going to dig a well So figuratively speaking, that's the the literal sense of what a well looked like in biblical times. But figuratively speaking, if I'm talking about a spiritual well, what does that actually mean? Well, a spiritual well is an internal reservoir in us that houses Jesus, the living water. A spiritual well is a history and a legacy of scripture and prayer and community that we have forged and that we have built and that we have lived in and that we have experienced. A spiritual well is a memory that we draw on and return to. A spiritual well is a deep, intimate, not simply wide relationship, but a deep, intimate relationship that has been forged in the valley and defined in the conflict. A spiritual well is those scriptures that we keep circling back to, that have signposted our story for decades. They're songs that have carried us through our 20s and our 30s and our 40s and our 50s and beyond. A spiritual well is relationships that aren't just passing by whispers of conversation and not stranger-like exchanges. A spiritual well has grit And history sometimes hurt, but depth attached to it. These are the sorts of spiritual wells I believe we are called to dig when we find ourselves in new places that God has permitted or directed. It's certainly a call that I have felt personally in the last few months and it's this scripture this Genesis 26 25 that has really signposted my COVID experience okay so we hear what a well is why do I need to dig a well M. nice analogy a little bit fluffy and abstract but why does that permit to me I don't think that that maybe really applies to me and I have to share with you a prophetic image of why I do believe it applies to most of us here, is that whilst I've sat and marinated and chewed on that scripture for months, this this image, this prophetic image has kept flashing before my eyes. And that's the imagery of a little cup. A little cup. And I've sensed in the spirit and and sensed this image over and over again. It's like many of us in this season have been trying to fill a little cup. We've been trying to have a quick prayer there quick song in the car here, quick flick open of scripture there, a quick podcast moment there, I'll, I'll just do that briefly, I'll just do that quickly, I'll, I'll just kind of get there and, and there's this kind of, as I can see, these little cups, it's like there's this franticness, this kind of fluster, this chaos, this, this moving, I just, I just need to quench my thirst, I just need to get a little drink and know this. This little cup does quench our thirst for a second. You see that quick open of the Bible or momentary prayer or passing song. You see, that can give us a dash of peace, a dose of joy, a teaspoon of leaning into the good shepherd. But a little cup won't sustain us in this place. It can't sustain our thirst. We aren't designed, friends, disciples, to be running around with a tiny little cup in a perpetual cycle of thirst. This isn't the imagery that God has for us. This isn't the pathway that he has for us. If we return to the word of the Lord again in John 4, as Jesus describes himself, Everyone who drinks this water, this water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And you see, this is why I believe that many of us as we've been called to this new place, God is asking us to settle here and he's asking us to dig a well here. Because God would say, hey gang, you're going to be here a while and you're going to get thirsty. You're going to need something bigger, something more significant, something more established than a tiny cup. That aren't going to sustain you in this place. So, are you feeling thirsty? I've felt thirsty. Has this new season, the newness of all 2020, has brought, has it made you feel thirsty? And you see, COVID and its complexities may not be what you would describe as your new place. But you may be facing a new place of of other proportions. You may be facing a, a new health complexity or a new family issue or a new stage in parenting or a new job or a new financial complexity. It may come in all of those facets of what a new place could look like. And thirst can have all sorts of forms. Thirst isn't just about feeling dry or barren. Thirst can feel like apathy, frustration, anger, tiredness, restlessness, confusion, sadness, anxiety. So much of this is a trigger that we are thirsty, trigger that we need a drink. A trigger that we need to be digging or drawing from a well, and I'll get to the drawing in a moment. New places have new thirsts, and new thirsts need new wells. So I get what a well is and why I may need to be doing it M. but how the heck do I dig this symbolic Well, what does that actually mean? How do, you, how do you dig a spiritual well? And it would be great if I had some clever, exotic, well digging, fancy, magic, microwave option. But it, I don't, because it ain't about that, friends. Well digging is about as basic as it gets. It's about as beige as it gets. If well digging was a colour, it would be beige. There is nothing sparkly about this, friends. There is nothing particularly bright and shiny and unicorning unicorning about digging a well. Because it's really just about spiritual discipline. And I wish that was spiritual joy abounding fun stuff. But it's spiritual discipline yes we're about we're back to that old chestnut we're back to how do we dig a well well we have been there these past few weeks that that is what this pathways to life series has been all about it's about signposting the pathway through prayer through bible and community that is how we dig a well is we stay on that pathway and we develop in that pathway Remember how I said ancient wells being dug were often dangerous and laborious? It's probably a good thing to remember when we're digging our spiritual wells. Digging a well internally, digging a reservoir internally to make room and space and make a housing unit for the abundant life-giving water of Jesus, well digging requires tools and discipline. Well-digging requires time and perseverance. Well-digging requires mess and muddle. Well-digging, spiritually speaking, is pretty rigorous, sometimes arduous and not altogether sparkly. And just to make this inherently clear... This is what these well-digging tools have been in this season on our church and media platforms. We have been trying to give you tools, shovels, so to speak. Here, here's... Podcasts to listen to. Here's an entire 10 part YouTube series to watch. Here's groups that you can connect to. Here's Spotify playlists that you can have. That isn't us just creating work for the sake of work. That is us giving you tools, friends. That's giving you a shovel in your hand and saying, Yes, here, now watch this. Take time, sit, come back, dig 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 that well these are pulleys and levers and shovels in your hands to dig your spiritual wells that you were designed to dig digging a well in community what does that look like it looks like deep diving into connection seeking out mentors seeking out advocates, seeking out disciples. It's taking time to get to know people. It's relentlessly stepping out and over our comfort zones and our comfort homes. It's widening and defining our relational circles. It's committing to the long haul in relationships with people when it's no longer fresh or fun or new. Digging a well in the Word looks like circling back to that same Scripture that's highlighted in your Bible since you were 14. It's reading over and over and over and over again those same four or five words or two or three verses until they are stuck on your lips and stuck in your heart. It's approaching the Word of God every time like a treasure chest of goodness. Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Today, speak to me this second. Speak to me in this moment. Come alive. Be my daily bread. Be my weekly meat. Be my yearly banquet. Digging a well in prayer. Looks like not just passing chats with our saviour. Not just quick stranger check-ins. How are you today, God? I'm good. Yeah, great. Off I go. Digging a well in prayer looks like long walks with Jesus. Sitting in the dust and the stillness with him. It's sitting in the quietness. It's sitting in the boldness. And it's sitting in everything in between. It's carving out a deep, intimate relationship. That's what digging a well in prayer is. And you may say to me, yeah, it's all right for you, Em, you're a pastor. Pastors have to dig wells. I'm a human long before I'm a pastor. And so this has, been, this has been my season. This is what this has looked like. And just so it's really abundantly clear, this is hard. Picking up that shovel again and again, be willing to go beneath the surface of what people can see and what you have presented... It's neither glamorous or quick or especially comfortable. It's required of me in this season facing insecurities and sitting in conviction and asking for forgiveness and having to get over myself again and again and again. But here's the thing. If I didn't have enough water just for me, how on earth am I going to have enough water for you? But that's the reality for all of us, friends, is we're not just designed to have a little tiny cup of water just to sustain us. We're actually called to be more than that. We're called to be a blessing to others. We're called to have a big stinking large cup. Do we like this prop? This This word picture will stay with you though, right? This is what we're designed to have, as opposed to that imagery that I kept seeing. This was clearly, as I was preparing this, is this is the imagery that God wants to leave you with. He's like, you're meant to have the biggest cup in your hand, and you're digging deep from within you, not tiny, frantically running around digging here, but digging from that reservoir within you, and then you can tip it over, and you can tip it through, and you can put your feet in it, and you can put your hands in it, and not only that, but I can keep going back, and I can. Keep keep going back and then I can pour it on you and then I can pour it on my kids and then I can pour it on my spouse and then I can pour it on my neighbour and then it's going to trickle down the streets and trickle down the roads and trickle through the suburbs and trickle through the communities because there's abundance. There's abundance. There's abundance. Friends, we're a call to have abundance. Connect to the water source. And then our thirst is Quenched. band, come up. See, new places need new wells. And I believe we're in a new place. And sit in the spirit and find out what that is for you. It may not be right now, but I believe many of us are in a new place or about to head into a new place. And so new places have new thirsts and require new wells. But you see, then when we become established, establish isn't about digging, it's about drawing. And so once you get established in a place, just like Isaac got established in that land, he then could go back to that well time and time again and draw from the water that was there because he had first dug a well This is hard for me to say, but hear this. Some of you are trying to draw when you haven't yet dug. You can't draw from a well that hasn't been dug in time and discipline and in process. God wants us to have the well there, but he doesn't want us just trying to draw in quick fixes. He wants the well to be dug first. And so, friends, the last thing we often feel like doing when we arrive at a new place is to dig a flippin' well. You mean I've just relocated my family? Just packed and unpacked all those boxes? I've just got over that whole situation and I'm here? I want a cup of tea. Put my Ugg boots on. Unpack a couple of bags and let's chillax, man. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Counterintuitive counter-human, that one of the first things Isaac does, call on God, put up his tent and now dig that well. And so friends, hear this today, hear this encouragement, hear this revelation, hear this word of the Lord today, that he wants you with this measured, calm, bold, courageous, faith-filled cup in your hand. He wants you holding that. But we've got to do our part. It's a two-part process. God's role, our role. Yes, we can call on Holy Spirit and have things in a moment, but the reality is, is that this discipleship journey we're on is a pathway of discipline pathway of longevity. Eugene Peterson talks about the discipleship journey as being a long obedience in the same direction. We've been called on this pathway to life to be on a long obedience in the same direction. So friends, I pray that you are inspired today that you will go home from this place and you will sit in this Word and you will consider how do you need to dig a well. Even in the coming days, if you haven't jumped on and accessed the YouTube series and the the final four episodes are dropping today, if you haven't accessed our Spotify playlist, if if you haven't sat in the Word of God or or tried new devotions or, or done things like that in this season, I'd encourage you in this next few days, pick up your shovel, and dig a well. And we're now going to sing a song, a song that has aspects that are very familiar probably to many of you, and this is a well-digging moment. I wanted to have a well-digging moment as I ended this. It's a well-digging the moment in worship. Well-digging in song. And I'm declaring and I'm believing that as we dig this well, Holy Spirit will come upon each and every one of us to empower us invigorate and anoint us for this task he will anoint the shovel in our hands and our hands themselves so that we can have the courage and the faith and the commitment to push down beneath that surface and for those of you that have been digging wells for decades you will continue making those reservoirs deep within you and you will show those around you how to dig Stand with me, friends. This verse to this song may feel new and unfamiliar because it's the Bethel version, but as we hit the chorus, the chorus is a beautiful, enduring song written by Horatio Spafford and Philip Bliss in 1873. The lyrics were penned by Spafford After a series of traumatic events, no less losing five of his children. And Spafford was in a grief-stricken new place. And he penned this deep, heartfelt, well-digging song. And so as we stand this, if you know it from the beginning, great If you don't, I just want you to take a posture right now of well digging. Open your hands, open your heart, take a disposition of faith. And I am declaring and believing right now as this song washes over us, as we sing these words, that Father God, that we will be anointed for this new place, that we will start to put down our roots and establish ourselves here that we will dig deep beneath the surface Lord to the water source to he who is abundant life to he who never runs dry to he who will sustain us in this place and in all places receive right now good people lean in let's dig a well in Jesus name